Right from the start of Denver, you knew you had to stop their fast break points. You had to get, you know, keep their points in the paint down. What are the things you look at San Antonio and say, this is exactly what we have to stop? You know, one thing that, you know, that jumps out immediately is that they're the number one fast breaking team in the playoffs so far. Um, you think about the, the Spurs and you think, uh, you know, they execute you to death. Uh, obviously, Tony Parker and Tim Duncan, Ginobili off the bench and, you know, the great role players, but, you know, they forced the Temple against the Lakers. Um, I'm sure that was a game plan strategy, but we are going to have to make sure that, you know, where they beat you is Tony Parker's, you know, one of the best in the business. At breaking down your defense, getting into the paint. Uh, Tim Duncan seems like he doesn't age at all. His ability to post up, his ability to read plays, rebound and defend. Um, and then they have, you know, great role players that don't jump out on you, but you know, they do their job. And I think Kawhi Leonard is a, a young star player that's only getting better. When you look at the series 2-2, obviously a lot of players didn't play in various games. What struck you, though, about the way you matched up with San Antonio in the regular season? I thought they were good games. Uh, and the thing that's going to be refreshing, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, we have tremendous respect for them. And you know, I, I really believe that they feel the same way. They, they appreciate the way we go about our business. And it's going to be a heck of a series. That's, that's a, I mean, that's a model organization, the way they do things, the way they conduct themselves. Um, from top to bottom. And at the end of the day, I think, you know, we have certain strengths that's going to be, you know, beneficial, but they have some things that we're going to have to, we're going to, have to handle. Um, they do extremely well. Other than Diaw, are you expecting them to be primarily healthy? I don't know. Um, you know, you, obviously all year long with them, it's, right. you know, it's been, you know, guys out and guys resting and guys recovering. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how healthy they are. Even if you go to Splitter, you know, we don't know, you know, where he is right now, but we'll find out. But at the end of the day, um, somehow, some ways, you know, that team is still the same, no matter who's on the floor. Um, they beat you, they execute, they compete, they don't make mistakes. Um, so our task is going to remain the same no matter who's in uniform. It seems like Clay had some success defending Tony Parker during the regular season. Is that something you could use a little bit of in, in the playoffs? Well, if you want to call it success, um, Tony Parker's a heck of a player. And um, I think at times uh, bigger guys' strength and their length can have an impact on his ability to get into the paint all day and also finish in the paint. Um, so it is something we'll use. But at the end of the day, um, you don't stop or contain Tony Parker with one guy. It's going to have to be a total team effort with the mindset of protecting the paint and being position to help. You mentioned Splitter. How about his emergence this year? He's really improved. Uh, he was always solid. Uh, but his ability to finish uh, on the block, make plays, he's hurt us in the regular season on the offensive boards. Uh, he really played big against us. Um, when you look at the numbers, they're staggering. But um, he does a great job playing off of Tim Duncan. And then when he's on the floor without him, you know, he picks up some of the load that, that Tim usually carries. Are you, less, are you less likely to go small lineup against them, would you say? Not really sure. Haven't, haven't thought about it much. Um, there will be times where we, we will go small. 
uh, obviously because you know they also go small. When you talk about a Dial or a Bana at the four position, uh, it's awfully tough to ask you know our big guys to play the pick and roll defense. Um, or you're giving up something. It's much better when you have a smaller unit defending against that. But you know we'll make decisions based on what we see and the flow of the game. Uh, but at times, if you do go big. You want to make sure that there's a price to pay when they're going small against our big team. Mark, you call them a model organization, which other people have done that as well. What about their organization jumps out? What makes them so distinctive in your mind? Their consistency. Um, they haven't had a lapse. Um, great players, three future Hall of Famers, um, future Hall of Fame coach, um, consistent with the talent. The only thing that has not been consistent over these years have been the role players, and it's and they've gotten consistent play, but they've been different characters, and um, it's just a joy to see how they they do things. I've, I've I've watched them as a player, watched them as a fan, I've watched them behind the scenes as a as an announcer, and as a coach. You get an appreciation for just how good they've been, and just how well they've been able to sustain it. Mark, the Warriors have had the attention of the Bay Area for a while. <coughs> Turn on the TV this morning, national stuff. <laughs> and that's all they're talking about is the Warriors. I mean, uh, that's like they just discovered them. I mean, uh, how gratifying is it to you, or do you, does it even matter to you that your team is suddenly getting some national recognition beyond the Bay Area? To me, it's to be expected. This is a moment that I thought would take place. And the reason why I'm excited about it is because of those guys. They deserve this. They've waited a long time. They put a lot of work in. They've stuck to the game plan, and they deserve all the credit. So I'd be sitting in the lounge, and somebody would say, Coach, did you see you know, one of the shows this morning? And truthfully, I didn't. I'm, I'm, I'm laying in my bed with the TV on, and it comes on. I'm, I'm shutting it off because um, it's easy to fall in love with these guys. It's absolutely easy to fall in love with these guys. and I. I I'm already head over heels, so there's no sense in me going any deep. Well, even Stephen A. and uh, Skip were uh, going back and forth on the Warriors today. I don't think we ever recall that one. It's, um, it, really has, it really shows you that things have changed around here. It's, it's a beautiful thing to be relevant, and not just in this area, but um, people are embracing this basketball team. And I think at the end of the day, it's how they conduct their business, how they compete, and they're just a, a lovable bunch of guys that – you know, through their flaws, you know, you look at the end of the game, there's nothing to love about that. But but these guys just, they're brutally honest. They tell the truth, they care about each other, and they, they do it the right way, and it's awfully fun. When you go back through those the last few minutes, uh, is there a, you know, consensus on what happened? Uh, was it, were guys running away from the ball a little bit? Or? Can I borrow that? I was going to ask you the same thing. You're screwing up my story. <laughs> i tell you, it was... um. It was bad basketball, and I think it was just a young team that panicked. You know, I wish I could, you know, had in my coach's manual a way to explain it, but I don't think anybody's ever gone through that. We we tried to give the game away, and I, it was it was bad. And you get in the locker room afterwards, and guys are shaking their heads like they can't believe that stretch of basketball that they put forth. But the great thing about it is, um, you needed a stop. You needed to make free throws. You, you, you needed to get a rebound. We did all those things. So I will not allow a, a span of uh, basketball to define who we are. I'm not going to you know, panic. We'll go over it. 
we'll make sure that we're prepared, which we, we were. We, they just a young team that saw the finish line and uh, got out of character. But uh, I'm awfully proud of them, and I, I, I don't think that we'll ever see that again in the history of the game. <laughs> <laughs> do you use that as a teaching tool, or do you just erase that portion of the tape? <laughs> I mean, that's comical. I use that as, you know, a skit. <laughs> you did have a rookie knock down two free throws with a minute left, and you also made 23 out of 24 free throws last night, which I don't think anybody ever mentioned. And this is how crazy you know, this, this, this group is. So after going through all of that, they come out of the timeout, and Harrison, the rookie that makes the free throws, looks at me and says, I got you, Coach. I'm like, are you kidding me? You, you got me. <laughs> Mark, but he you, but he went to the line and he you know he knocked him down very calmly. Where have you seen the most improvement from Draymond over the last two months or so? He's been the same guy from day one. Works his tail off, uh, loves the game, great competitor, great leader. Um, I think the only thing is there are times where he's probably lost some confidence during the course of the year in his shot. Um, he wasn't getting consistent minutes for a span, his knee was bothering him a little bit, um, wasn't feeling comfortable or confident with his body, um, but he's worked extremely hard. And I told somebody this morning on, on uh, one of the interviews I was doing, he said to me after game five, this is a rookie, he walks on the bus and says, coach, I got you. And I'm looking like, what does he mean? He says, I got zero rebounds tonight. I played bad. I got you in game six. And I looked at my coaching staff, we just shook our head. Like, that's, that's a special mentality. You get veterans that'll look for an excuse. He owned the moment. And he's a guy that, you know, played big time for us last night. Mark, Andrew spoke pretty candidly last night about how frustrating the season's been. Said he was in a pretty dark place mentally and, and questioned a lot of his abilities. What do, you, how, what do you tell a guy to pull him through something like that? And what's really changed for him here? Well, he had to go through the process um, because he went from being number one pick and a big time player to being hurt and trying to get it back. And there's nothing, I, I never was in that position. Um, so you just try to be there for them and you try to let them know we're patient. We made the deal knowing that you wasn't 100%. We made the deal understanding that it was going to be a process. And we all have been frustrated at times, but at the end of the day, um, there's no control over how your body feels. Uh, it was never a, a, a a doubt about how he competes or does he care. Um, and the, the, I thought last night in the biggest game of his career, he had his finest moment. Uh, played with force, rebounded, defended, made plays, played with an edge. And it's great to see when people go through all the adversity, all the trials, all the tribulation, and then experience um, success. He deserves it, and it was a statement game uh, for him in this in this franchise. To have a big guy play like that, how much how important does that become in the next series given who San Antonio has? Well, it, it, it's, it's important every single night. You know, when you're talking about playoff basketball, it's a physical game, um, and you need an anchor on the defensive end. Uh, there are times when teams will trick you and go small, and it may not be that important, but overall, to win it all, you got to have somebody in the middle that can give you uh, great minutes. And when you're going against the San Antonio Spurs, obviously uh, Tim Duncan has a body of work that can compare to anybody's. Um, his presence on the block, his ability to make plays, his toughness. So it is a luxury to have a big guy that can at least fight and battle. Does that guarantee success? No. 
but uh, Andrew Bogut is, you know, a big time defender and a big time rebounder, and it's something that this organization has, you know, craved for a mighty long time. Look, Coach, I know there's you, a you... lot that's gone down this year. I mean, the storyline is unbelievable with <clears throat> Rush going down early, Lee going down in the playoffs, Bogut bouncing back, Steph hurt, you know, Draymond coming back after you know, giving up the winning bucket in game one. Do you sit back sometime and just say, wow, this, this is an incredible story. This is an incredible ride this season. Absolutely. Um, you couldn't write it the way it, 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 it has happened. The awesome thing about it is the story is not over, and we don't believe it's over. We believe it's far from over. So as, as incredible as it is today, um, Keep an extra pen because you're going to need some more ink. Mark, I know you own only a tiny fraction of losing the last 29 games in San Antonio. <laughs> but uh, doesn't that have some factor in this, you know, a history of not being able to win in that city? No. Um, I said it before, it's not our history. Now, we haven't gotten it done for two years. Uh, but we are a team that's more than capable of going into somebody else's uh, building and beating them. We feel confident and comfortable about that. Uh, that's not an easy task, um, but we're excited about you know, going to San Antonio and facing them. We don't pay any attention to what history says because we don't have that body of work is not our body of work. Are there specific things that when you watch Greg Popovich coach that helped inform you as a coach that you picked up from him? You know, the one thing, well, there's there's a lot of things, but. I would say the one thing is he gets it. You know, spending time with him, talking to him, uh, talking to players that played for him, he understands that basketball is not life. And that's the thing I respect the most about him. Uh, those guys love him. They love him. You know, he's, 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 he's one of them. Uh, he can say whatever he wants to them, and they know it's coming from a great place. That's coaching, and I got an awful lot of respect for him. How did they defend Steph most of the time? Uh, pretty much the, the, you know, the same way. I think we're going to get shots. I don't think that's going to be an, an, an issue. Um, they're a very good defensive team. At times they try to get the ball out of his hands. But um, we, have, you know, we have weapons all around the floor. And there will come a point where Steph is going to you know, have opportunities. And he's proven throughout this first round and going into the second round, he's proven uh, to be able to capitalize on those opportunities. Um, it's going to be an exciting, exciting series. Was it Parker most of the time? Yes, but then there were times where they put a bigger body on him. Um, they put a bigger body on him, and it's pretty much the same mentality that we would have against Tony Parker at times, uh, trying to, you know, contest shots, use their length and their size, and. Um, better defenders, quite honestly. Clay seems to be uh, struggling a bit with his shot, but he played 46 minutes last night. And how good a defender is he becoming? Man, he's a big-time defender. I tell you what, offensively he was—he wasn't Clay Thompson. He was out of rhythm, uh, missed some shots, uh, missed some shots badly, but he was engaged defensively. I mean, you just look at that film. And you see him defending, no matter whether we needed him to defend Ty Lawson or we need him to defend Andre Miller or Andre Iguodala. It doesn't matter. He was our defensive stopper. And 
you lose sight of how taxing or demanding it is on your body to play at that high level defensively. It's taking its toll offensively, and that's not an excuse, but he is getting it done on the defensive end for us. So you had a conversation with Carl before the game, right before tip, uh, and then I don't know if you had to talk to him afterwards, but what was exchanged there? I mean, is it a matter of just kind of letting go the kind of the words of last series and getting past that? Um, before the game, he came. He was walking on. The yeah, court. before the game, he said, uh, "Sorry about the fine." <laughs> did, he, did he fine you? <laughs> what? <Well, laughs> uh, no comment. I said you wouldn't comment on the fine because he didn't want to get fined. <laughs> but before the game, that was uh, pretty much the extent of our conversation. I said, you know, uh, I don't know something along the lines of. Uh, let's have a good one, uh, you know. But you know, after the game, I can't remember what he said. Maybe congratulations. At the end of the day, I told him, you know, got a, a lot of love, respect, and appreciation for him, and it was a great series. Uh, I feel the same way about George Call today that I did going into the series. Um, I've known him for you know a while as a as a player. Uh, as a guy covering the game, as a guy that was his TV partner in my first year um, with ESPN, going every weekend to Bristol. Um, I got a lot of respect for him. He's a heck of a basketball coach, and he's had and continues, I'm sure will continue. It's been a great, great career. Not knowing how common a practice it is in the NBA, obviously in other sports, like particularly the NFL, about pain killing shots, you guys have taken a few. Uh, is that worrisome at all to you, and, or do you feel like your training staff has it pretty much under control? Uh, I'm fortunate enough that as a player, I never took one, never was in position to take one, never needed one. Um, what I will say is we've got some of the best doctors in the world. Uh, we've got an incredible training staff, and we've got some bright, bright men um, in uniform. And we've got an organization that has proven uh, from ownership to management, and I hope you know to the coaching level that we're not going to compromise the health of our players and everything that has uh, been researched about you know taking these injections um, show us that there's no harm or damage. Uh, we will take care of our players and never put them in position to um, to hurt themselves in the future. Steph seems to have this ability to sort of captivate a crowd. I'm sorry, but the way that you know Steph and Bogey play, I'm thinking about just getting one just to get one. <laughs> <laughs> Steph seems to have this ability to cap to captivate a crowd. I mean, Twitter, every game this series he's played has blown up. Hall of Famers tweeting him. Greg Popovich even said after the last game when he beat him, it was fun to watch. What what about the way he plays brings out that in people? I mean, it's, it's pretty rare quality. I think is is. You know, he's, he's lovable. You look at him as like, you know, and then he has a gift that you can count on your hand how many people have, you know. Everybody wants to be a shooter. And to see him shoot the basketball, and then you look at him, he look, looks like a baby. Uh, and he's smiling, and he never gets out of character, and he's a class act. And I just think at the end of the day, people see it and say, man, that's how I want my son to be. You know, that's how I look at him. Yeah, and it's great. Do you, do you remember watching him in, in the NCAA tournament on TV and Davidson? I remember. Well, I actually called the game. Uh, Duke 
uh, Davison at Duke. Um, and I can remember Jeff Van Gundy questioning how good Steph was going to be, saying he wouldn't be good. You know? <laughs> Typical Jeff uh, arguing with me as I stated that Steph would be a big-time player and a, a point guard in this league that um, will have tremendous success. But I watched him, and I could just tell, and I've known him before that. But his ability to shoot, he competed, he understood the game, and I thought he was an underrated passer. And I'm just fortunate to have the opportunity to coach him. You ever bring that up to Jeff now? Quite often. <laughs> Talked to him this morning about it. <laughs> what do you expect to be able to get out of David in the next series? Not really sure. Uh, I thought we got what we needed out of him last night. Uh, I was not going to put him in position uh, where he can get hurt. I was not going to put a demand on his body. I thought it was perfect, um, a perfect time to get him in, utilize him, and then get him out. I think what we will do is we'll, again, stay true to the process, see how his body feels today and moving forward, continue to get treatment and play it by ear. But there's no expectations as far as you know, David's role moving forward. If he could give you four or five minutes, could you find spots situational to give him productive minutes? It depends on how he's feeling. And uh, again, you know, what the doctors, the training staff, and everybody else uh, says about it. But um, he's excited about it. And uh, I will certainly, if he's healthy and can give us something, utilize those minutes properly. How difficult was it for him to convince you to even consider letting him suit up, let alone play a minute? It was a long process because nobody has done that. I mean, it's, it's, it's an absolute miracle. And, and the, you look at the doctors, they're saying, well, six experts have said that this is un, unheard of and not seen before. And then to watch him running and dunking and shooting and defending and posting, you're like, and then when you're 3-2 in Denver, just finished winning a game in your home, you're like, he looks okay to me. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's great to see. And here's a guy, again, that he could have just went away. And, and waited till next year. He wanted to be part of this because he senses something special. And again, those guys are tied together. Brendan Rush tried to lobby you? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. No, he did not. He, but you want to you know, he did say to me, Coach, I, I can stand in the corner if you need me to. <laughs>